ladies and gentlemen, this is Talking Sports with Evan, the final Talking Sports with Evan in 2022. Thank you all so much for those that have supported the show throughout the year and throughout the beginning of Talking Sports with Evan. I appreciate you all and going to be much more consistent in 2023 in bringing you my content and my podcast and um, other content creation that I'm planning on doing as well. Bunch to talk about here today. The Wisconsin Badgers add another quarterback, Tanner Mordecai from SMU, and that's a great get for Wisconsin. Uh, they won. They won the bowl game against the guaranteed rate bowl against Oklahoma State. Chase Wolf coming back for a sixth season, and now we're adding Tanner Mordecai from SMU to be added to the competition in the quarterback room and. Based off what he's done in his collegiate career, he's got to be the front runner for the Badger quarterback position. I'm going to talk a little bit about that and changes that we are probably going to see in Wisconsin now that Luke Fickle is fully in control of the Wisconsin football program. The Green Bay Packers are going to be taking on the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, New Year's Day, and Packers basically have their... uh, they basically have their destiny in their hands. If they beat Minnesota, they uh, continue to have a chance at the playoffs. And if they fail to beat Minnesota, it's not over. However, it's going to be a lot more difficult and a lot less likely for the Packers to make the playoffs. But they have to take care of business on Sunday. And I'm going to give you my thoughts on that game coming up on Sunday and why I feel this is going to be different than week one for the Packers, then it was, it's going to be different. And I'm going to talk about the, why I feel it's going to be different. The other issue going on in the state of Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Bucks, they started out this season on a quite the hot note. They're still top three in the East record wise, but they've been struggling as of late. They've lost four in a row. I can't even tell you the last time the Bucks have lost four in a row. It's been quite the long time. And the question, what is wrong with the Milwaukee Bucks and how do they fix it? And I'm going to give my thoughts on that a little bit and what they can do with who they currently have in-house in order to try to fix the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you want to give your thoughts, feel free to comment. You can comment in the chat box if you're on Facebook or you can tweet at me at Evan Witt Sports. You also can see the chat on the on the page as well, where you can uh, comment on the video and give your thoughts on the show here today. So as I mentioned, uh, lots to discuss, lots to go over. And as we come to an end of 2022, I want to ask you, and I'm going to talk about this next week, what are some of your top sports moments in 2022? But first off, Wisconsin Badger football. A lot of changes happening. A lot more changes going to happen now that Luke Fickle has officially taken over. Um, I know he got hired a while ago, but there is a comment. There is a combination of former coaches and current coaches working through the bowl game. And now that the bowl game is over, a victory for the Wisconsin Badgers. It's now going to be uh, Luke Fickle and his staff getting what they want in place at Wisconsin. And it's going to be very different at Wisconsin moving forward. That's, I guess, all I'm going to say there. 
And why is it going to be different? Well, I talked about in my intro. Tanner Mordecai, um, Mordecai is the likely new starting quarterback for Wisconsin. He's going to be a six-year senior. He uh, threw, He's thrown for 7,100 yards, 72 touchdowns, and 22 interceptions in two seasons at SMU. And SMU is going to run a similar offense to what new Badger offensive coordinator wants to run they brought in um they brought in trying to find his name here really quick lungo from north carolina they brought phil lungo in and um smu runs a similar offense to what phil lungo wants to run so it's definitely going to help the the room and the offense transition to what the badgers want to do now and i i'm i and very much enjoying what Luke Fickle has been doing. So why do we need another quarterback? I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. Nick Evers transfers in from Oklahoma. You have Miles Burkett, uh, freshman, going to be a redshirt freshman going into this season from Franklin, Wisconsin. Chase Chase Wolf decided he's going to return for a sixth year. You have redshirt freshman walk-on Marshall Howell. And you have true freshmen, Cole LaCrue, all going to be on the Badger football team in 2023. Why do you need uh, another quarterback? And it's simple. You you're, you know, Chase Wolf isn't a very good quarterback. He, he, he is what he is. He's a nice teammate. He does what's asked of him, does what's expected of him. But he's not a very good quarterback. There's a reason why... Graham Mertz, when Wolf was healthy, was continuing the play for the Wisconsin Badgers. There's a reason for that. And it's because Chase Wolf isn't that good. Malice Burkett is a redshirt freshman, has only thrown a handful of passes during his Wisconsin career. He's had 25 snaps in his true freshman season. And Marshall Howell, like I mentioned, is a walk-on. Cole LaCrue is a true freshman. And Nick Evers threw two passes or one pass um, they're at Oklahoma. So not a lot of experience in the quarterback room and a lot of unknown. So you bring Tanner in because Tanner is already going to be comfortable with the, the offensive scheme that the Badgers are trying to run. And he's going to give guys like Evers and Burkett and LaCrue a chance to develop um, and show what they can do. And you bring in Tanner as a chant, as a guy who can um, help the younger guys learn as well. And like I said, he's likely going to be the starting quarterback for Wisconsin in 2023. And you see the quarterbacks Wisconsin are bringing in. Well, Burkett was already here. Evers, Morikai, um, Tanner, you, you bring him in. They're on the crew, the crew. They're all guys that can run a little bit. They're all multi-dimensional quarterbacks they can run they can throw they can throw on the run the badgers are looking to become more of a wide open offense and you're going to see a lot more 11 personnel with wisconsin which for those that don't know 11 personnel is three receivers one running back and one tight end uh lungo at north carolina Ran 11 personnel and 86% of its snaps last year. The third most in the country, according to True Media. And Wisconsin, that's what that's what Lungo is going to look to do. And that's what 
that's what Luke Fickle is going to look to do on offense. So the more quarterback competition you can get, the better. And we'll see what happens in the in the spring and in the summer and in the fall and who the true starting quarterback is for Wisconsin. So very curious and interested to see what happens. I'm sure Tanner will be the starter in 2023, but it's going to be a great competition. And the more competition you have, the better. Again, for those wondering why we need so many quarterbacks right now at Wisconsin, the more competition, the better. The reason why Graham Mertz got so much playing time, got so much uh, leeway, got so many opportunities to start, even when he was struggling tremendously, um, it was because he, he there wasn't really any other answer. Chase Wolf is dealing with a knee. You had a true freshman. Um, it just, it just, you know, they didn't have enough to to have actual competition in the in the in the uh, Wisconsin Badgers quarterback room, and now they're going to. And I guarantee you, Fickle hasn't promised or guaranteed anybody anything except we're going to compete day in and day out. We're going to compete and may the best man win the position. The receiver position is going to be a key position, too, for Wisconsin as they go more three and four wide receiver sets. Uh, They have a few guys coming back in DK and Lewis and Bell and Allen and Ingram. They have some other guys um, coming in, including the true freshman from uh, Nevada, Trek Kikiwana. He's got a chance to try to compete. Tommy McIntosh as well as Anderson and Brooks. Tight end position, if Clay Cundiff can stay healthy, who's had season-ending injuries the last two years, he should be a key position of key tight end. And Hayden uh, Rushi should be as well. And the offensive line should be experienced. Jack Nelson, the likely starter at left tackle, is a, a redshirt junior. Trey Wedge, a redshirt junior uh, projected starter at left guard. Uh, center, likely going to be senior Tanner Bordellini. Uh, the right guard, six-year senior Michael Frutini, likely going to be the front runner there. And right tackle, a redshirt sophomore, Riley Marman, Mar- Mar- he's likely going to be the starter there. So the thing is, there's a lot of talent and experience on the offensive line, and the offensive depth chart's going to start filling out. And this isn't going to be your typical Wisconsin. as Like I mentioned, you're going to see a lot more um, 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. You might see a lot more 10 personnel, four receivers, and one running back. And this should definitely help the offense for the – for the Badgers, too, in the running game, because by spreading out the field more, the running game, led by Braylon Allen and Chaz Malusi, should have a lot more um, lesser box to run into, a lot more eight-man, uh, eight men in the box that Braylon Allen has grown accustomed to running against thus far at Wisconsin. So spreading the field out with three and four wide receivers should give him a lot more opportunity. And as much as I'm going to miss seeing the fullback position at Wisconsin, because I think the fullback position is going to be pretty much dead at Wisconsin. I am uh, excited to see the future of this Wisconsin Badger program. Moving on Milwaukee Bucks struggling right now. I'm not, it's, Lot to digest, lot to talk about. The biggest issue the Bucks are having right now 
in my opinion, and I'm sure I'm going to be told I'm wrong because it's easy just to say the defense sucks and they can't do anything. But ultimately, the biggest problem with the Bucks right now, who are in the second quarter tied up at 40, is shooting. They're not shooting the ball really well. I'm pulling my phone up here to give the how they're shooting today. They're at 41% shooting percentage on the game, 2 of 14 from the three-point line. Not good at all. Not good, period. You have Giannis with 19 points on 6 of 9 shooting. Lopez, 5 points on 2 for 4 shooting. Portis, 11 points on 5 of 7 shooting, including 1 for 2 from the 3. But then you have Carter, 0 for 1. Connaughton, 0 for 4. Grayson Allen, 1 for 3. You have Ingles, 0 for 1. You have Green, 0 for 3. Bochamp, 1 for 4. That's just today's game. And you have from the three-point line, Bochamp, 0 for 2. Green, 0 for 2. Ingles, 0 for 1. Connaughton, 0 for 4. They're not shooting well. The Bucks are just not shooting well right now at all. That's their biggest issue. And it's hard, I know, without Holiday and without Middleton, it's hard. They're also turning the ball over a lot, too. They got four turnovers right now in the second quarter. And the past couple games, that's been closer to double digits. So that is better. But the Bucks are not protecting the basketball. They're not shooting well. And because they're not shooting well or protecting the basketball, they're getting stuck in transition defense. And they're struggling trying to get back down the basketball court to defend. When they can get their defense set, they tend to play better on defense. When, they, when they're when uh, they missing shots or turning the ball over, they're struggling to get back and put get upset on defense, and then the other team just kind of blows by people. Tonight against the T-Wolves, they've been lazy getting back down the floor, even when they've made shots, which is another issue as well. But the thing is, the Bucks need to shoot better. And I think... Budenholzer needs to start looking at what he wants to do with her, his rotation. Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen should not be starting together at all. They, they shouldn't be. Grayson Allen, in my opinion, shouldn't be starting, period. But I know he's got to with the injuries and illnesses to Middleton and Holiday. They don't really have a choice right now, unfortunately. But I think the Bucks need to get Bo Camp more opportunity. He's proven to be a very solid defender when he's got an opportunity. You have to assume Ingles is going to start shooting better at some point. He can't get much worse at, at this point. And they got to rebound better, too. As I just saw, the Bucks got really lazy trying to get a defensive rebound. And the Timberwolves ended up getting an offensive rebound. And now they had a foul. But I think you got to play Bo Camp more. And this preferred, to me, the preferred starting lineup when Holiday, Middleton are healthy, and I don't even know when Middleton's going to be healthy again, unfortunately, would be Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, Lopez, and anybody but Grayson Allen. It can be Javon Carter, it can be Bo Camp, it can be Bobby Portis, but it should not be Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen should be the shooter, the scorer off the bench for the Bucks, and that's something that. Budenholzer needs to start getting better trust in a guy like Bolt Camp, who's shown that he can be a very good defender. The issue with Grayson Allen is when his shots aren't falling, which guess what? They're not, and they haven't for several several games now. He's been awful in this four-game losing streak. When his shots aren't falling, he's useless. He's not a good defender. 
and he's not a great ball handler. So if his shot isn't falling, there's no point in starting him, let alone playing him. Pat C is at least a hustle player. He's going to give you everything he's got, but he should be a bench guy. But I, I just think that um, neither of those two should be starters. If Middleton's not playing, Bobby Porter should start. Plain and simple. Sorry, Pat C, appreciate you, but give Bobby Portis a start. The way Bobby Portis has played at times this year, Bobby Portis has earned that starting spot, in my opinion. So, but the Bucs just need to shoot better. They need to get back on defense better when they do miss shots, which has been a struggle right now. It's just really that simple. And now Bucks get about to be down by three. It's 5.54 to go in the second quarter, about to be down 44-41 after D'Angelo Russell hits two, uh, hits a couple free throws. But what are your biggest worries with the Bucks right now, and how do you fix it? At Evan Witt Sports or email talkingsportswithevan at gmail.com. How do you fix the Milwaukee Bucks? Do they need to make a trade? Do they need to try to bring in a a, a Jay Crowder or another position of need? And I, I think the biggest thing is they just need to get healthy. Um, I think that's their biggest issue right now. I, as I just watched them miss three, three, three or four three-pointers in a row, they're two for 14 in the second quarter shooting and things are just getting ugly for the bucks right now completely ugly but got to get healthy got to get holiday so he's not sick all the time and got to get chris middleton healthy so and another mystery bucks are really rebuilding pfizer forum right now in milwaukee with all the bricks they're shooting up right now so moving on packers versus vikings coming up sunday and the Vikings, talented team. Quarterback Kirk Cousins is playing pretty solid football out there. Over 4,000 yards passing. Uh, they got Delvin Cook, over 1,000 yards rushing. Jefferson on pace for 2,000 yards receiving at 1,700 right now. They're a, they're a talented offense. The, the Vikings have a lot of ways to beat you offensively right now. And then can the Packers defend better than they did in the first half in week one? In week two, in week one, in the second half, they defended a little better. But in the first half, they didn't defend at all and got themselves into a deep hole early on, and they could never recover out of it. So a lot of issues right there. But the big thing the Packers can do to try to prevent the Vikings offense from putting up a lot of points and moving the ball well is sustain drives, keep the ball Keep the ball offensively, sustain drives, and put points on the board. They didn't do well at all, including a drop 75-yard pass or would have went for a 75-yard touchdown pass if um, Christian Watson would have caught it. I know he's questionable for Sunday's game with a hip injury, but I know he would love to have that opportunity again to show that you know he can uh, – make up for that he's had uh five touch uh he's had like number of touchdowns in a very short amount of time and like i said i'm sure he would love to get the opportunity to um to make that one back but there's a couple big differences between week one and now and one of the biggest differences is no elton jenkins and no david bakhtiari in week one they were playing Yash Najman and Royce Newman at tackles. 
and uh, Hanson at right guard. Not the preferred offensive line at all for Green Bay. Now you got Bakhtiari back to play left tackle. Yash Nijman at right tackle. You got Tom, who's got a lot more trust now to play that uh, swing tackle position. He started the last several games at the uh, left tackle spot while Bakhtiari was out with his appendicitis, had his appendix removed, so he's missed the last three, four games. Um, Another turnover by Milwaukee, just the way they've been struggling with right now. But anyways, with that preferred offensive line in there, they should be able to keep the ball, sustain drives, and the big thing is they got to involve, they have to involve Aaron Jones. Shaquan Barkley had a very strong game with the Giants last week against the Vikings. The Vikings' defense isn't great. They're one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Aaron Jones needs to be used as a weapon. He should get 20 to 25 touches in the game. No questions asked. If he doesn't get 20 to 25 touches, it better be because he's hurt. And I know he's been battling some injuries, um, fighting through it. But they haven't used him much the last couple weeks. This is a game where he needs to be the main guy. You know, as much as I love A.J. Dillon, it needs to be Aaron Jones getting most of the touches for the Packers on the Packers offense and getting the ball out of the backfield on the passing game, screen passes, swing passes, passes to the flats, have him run some route from, routes from the slot. If they've covered him with the corner, then you got Dobbs or Lazard or Cobb who might be matched up or could be matched up with a safety instead. But they got to get the ball in Aaron Jones' hands and let Aaron Jones make some plays. And if Christian Watson is able to go, the Packers off the Packers passing game should pose a threat to this Vikings defense. So I think the Packers win. I think the Packers offensive line is significant, significantly better than they were in week one. I think they're going to likely use I think they're likely going to use um Aaron Jones a lot more in this game and I think it's going to be a Packer victory as they continue to attempt to make the playoffs here in 2022. With that said, thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I appreciate it. The podcast if you want to Listen back to the audio version. Uh, I prefer the audio version. It's always going to be posted uh, shortly after the live show is over. Appreciate you all. Hope you have a great and happy new year. Do not uh, drink and drive. Use a designated driver. Use Uber. Use Lyft. If you're in the Racine, Kenosha area, reach out to me. I'll gladly, I'm not doing anything. I'll gladly go and, uh, you know, pick you up and bring you home. I have no problem doing that. So with that said, hope you all have a great new year, and I will get back at you next week, uh, hopefully talking about another Packer victory. Happy New Year, everybody.